As my friend Lee Boyd says, yo, 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 podcast world. That's very, very nice, Rob. Here we are for another episode of... FNO InsurTech. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are your hosts for this episode, Mr. Lee Boyd in Waco, Texas. And Mr. Rob Beller in California, I think. Yeah, I'm in the entire state. I'm not in one place. That's how <laughs> I don't large know where I you am. are. That's how large I am. Big guy. Uh, well, I'm a big guy. You said it. Big guy. Um, yeah, we are coming at you again with another exciting episode of our podcast, which has now passed 30 episodes, which we're so excited and happy about. Yes. That um, we're both going to take a nap when we're done. Isn't that right, Lee? Yes, uh, that is correct, Rob. Okay. So uh, we uh, have another uh, great episode today in our continuing series on IoT stuff that's relevant to InsureTech and the home. Mr. Brett Jurgens from Notion. Yeah, I'm very excited about this one. Uh, this is a IoT device that is really a sensor-driven uh, device. It, you can you can take this sensor device and put it in all sorts of places in your home to detect alarms, to detect doors opening. Um, it, it works with different devices like Nest. Uh, I'm very excited about learning how it came about and then you know what what they're actually doing with it. Yeah, the. Um... I met Brett Jurgens, who's the CEO of the company and co-founder of the company, at an event for Plug and Play in Sunnyvale, California, and he did a little presentation there because he's involved in the Plug and Play ecosystem. And, and one of the interesting things that I'm sure we'll talk about today is his the way that Notion has used accelerators to gain um, exposure, know-how, and relationships in yeah. the insure tech world. Yeah, I mean, they're using it for all sorts of different connections and knowledge and industries. I think it's a very smart play. Right, right. So uh, for those of you out there who are interested in IoT, for those of you out there who are interested in what's going on in the accelerator world, and for those of you who are just interested in insure tech, here is an episode for you. So, um, so you don't have to hear us talk anymore. Yeah. Well, they do because it is a podcast. It is. <laughs> it doesn't magically turn to video. That's, you know what? That's really, you have a good point. So does that mean we should keep talking? I guess we keep talking. Okay. But I have a notion that they're ready to start the podcast. I had a notion that you were going to say that. Did you? Uh-huh. Without further notions, let's get to our interview with Brett Jurgens from Notion. Hey, everybody who listens to our podcast, we are here with our very special guest today, coming to us, I believe, from Denver, Colorado, Mr. Brett Jurgens from Notion. Hi, Brett. How are you doing? Yeah, you got it. Great. Great. How are you doing? Did I get it right? Or is it Denver today? Yep. We're based in Denver. Okay. That's that's not uncommon, but not usual how did, how did that happen <laughs> uh well my co-founder and i uh his name is ryan we grew up in colorado together north of denver and so colorado's just been home for us and great entrepreneurial kind of ecosystem in stemming really from boulder and tech stars and foundry group and some of those folks that have been around for a long time and that's really uh 
kind of migrated into Denver as a much larger city and, and a kind of hyper growth city right now. So a lot of great right. talent moving here and really good place to live and start a business. Right. It's it's kind of a, a, a well-guarded secret that that it's uh, it's really a quite a entrepreneurial and technology hub in in the Denver area. Is is that right? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I think, um, you know, there's again, there's a lot of folks moving here, but, you know, stemming back even, I'd say, 15, 20 years, we had a lot of big tech companies here. And, um, you know, the, the startup ecosystem has kind of been booming here for, you know, I'd say sort of seven or eight years. And, and it's kind of really coming coming onto the national scene a lot more than it had previously. So I think, you know, we're, we're close to being on par with, with Austin and, and Seattle at this point is kind of, you know, wow. outside of New York and San Francisco. Um, you know, there's a lot of money coming into the state, a lot of startups, a lot of, a lot of folks here. So it's, it's, it's been awesome. And I think it's a, it's an incredibly kind of supportive and helpful community. Um, you know, we're kind of all in this together. That's one of the things I think uh-huh. that differentiates us, but um, we have some amazing talent and some amazing companies here as well. I think we need to reach that next phase of, sort of that kind of 500 to a thousand company mark. We need a lot more medium sized companies. We have a lot of uh-huh. smaller startups that um, you may have heard of. We need a lot more of those medium sized companies that you most likely have heard of to really kind of take that next step. But um, it's, it's a great place. Yeah. We had a, we had a nice um, conversation on the podcast a week or two ago with uh, Matt Talbot from go spot check. Oh, and, is that right? Uh, who's he's one of your neighbors, I guess, so to speak. And, he's a uh, close friend. Was, yeah. He was uh, talking um, really positively also about uh, your area and what's going on there. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. let's let let let's jump into this. And why don't you give us um, an introduction? Why don't you give us your elevator or one or two minutes on um, on Notion? Yeah, happy to do so. So, you know, like I said, um, co-founder Ryan and I grew up together. We've known each other since we were four years old. Uh, he's our CTO. I'm CEO more on the finance and business side. And one day, Ryan, um, a few years out of college, had a uh, smoke alarm that was going off at his house. Luckily, not an emergency, uh, just a low battery. He comes home. He'd recently got a new golden retriever puppy named Apollo. And Apollo was freaking out, ruined a bunch of furniture in the house. And he called me up and said, let's make the world's best connected smoke alarm to help people protect the things they love most, to help people protect their homes and their families. Wow. And this was before Nest. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where we started. It was kind of a, you know, one of those sort of light bulb moments, I suppose. And we didn't really know if it was a good or a bad idea. This was before Nest had come out with uh, mm-hmm. Nest Protect, their smart smoke alarm. And we interviewed a ton of people, probably 150 people quickly before we you know, really jumped into this thing full time. And, and we thought, well, let's make sure this is a good idea. And what we kind of realized was a lot of people didn't want to spend that kind of money on a smoke alarm. You didn't get daily value sure. from a smoke alarm. The things that people wanted to be aware of and monitor and protect, there was a laundry list. It was typical home security applications, you know, entry points, doors, windows. It was smoke alarms, uh, but it was also water leaks. It right. was also temperature. It was also gun safes, liquor cabinets. It was knowing when your daughter came home from school every day, like a different twist on peace of mind that, you don't really think of when you think of home security, you think of, you know, the bad guy killing your family, right? Like that's, that's not what most people yeah. deal with every day. They just want to know if their kids are okay. They want to know if their pet mm-hmm. walker came and if they actually walked their dog for 30 minutes or if they stayed for two minutes. Like, so there was, there was this just interesting combination of like how we live our lives and, and how people thought about protecting their homes and families that really led us into building a user experience that's based around a device um, that is incredibly simple 
but also kind of incredibly powerful. So we made a single sensor that has multiple different functioning in each device. We only make uh, one device, uh, peel and stick on a door near a toilet, near a smoke alarm. And that sensor is capable of monitoring and detecting for you know all eight functions that we have in each device all simultaneously. When we created this, it created such a great kind of easy user experience um, that it allowed us to get into Techstars early on. We raised some seed money, uh, got into the Boulder program where Techstars is founded, and we met with a whole bunch of advisors and mentors that had very successful careers as entrepreneurs, a lot of them with data companies. And they said, hey, great. If you've nailed the user experience and people love that piece, the amount of information you're collecting and the way you could analyze this data isn't incredible. How can that change your go-to-market strategy? How can that change the way you get in front of people? That led us to a lot of tests in a number of different industries with a number of different product and service companies. And insurance continued to rise to the top with their need to differentiate, reduce loss, do a better job of retention and engagement, and ultimately trying to use this data for you know claims and underwriting, like all these things kind of started to, to pop up. And we thought, wow, this, this data set and the way we could use it not only benefits the end user, which is really our company's mission of helping people protect you know, those, those things that they love most, but it really uh, could benefit a, a massive industry and, and bringing those two things together could potentially be an amazing business model. And, and you know, that's really kind of how this thing started and sort of how we started to think about and why we started to think about insurance as a potential place for us to play. So how old are you guys? Uh, so the company started about four and a half years ago, kind of idea on a napkin, if you will. Uh, we launched our first product um, about two years ago was kind of our initial beta launch of our sort of V1 uh, device and, and mobile app. And then we have, you know, our data analytics platform on the back end of all of this as well. Um, we are now on our third gen device. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about that, but four and a half years total. So, so in the insure tech world, you, you're, you're an old timer. <laughs> uh, sure. We, yeah, I think we launched our first pilot with an insurance company about a year and a half ago. Um, so we're, I guess that's ancient or not. <laughs> I don't know. Depends on, depends on what angle you're coming from. There's been some insurance companies testing out stuff for six or seven years now. Of, um, well, but, welcome, but, welcome to our industry. But, uh, yeah. That's fast, right? So uh, in some ways, but um, yeah. Tell us a, a little bit about the the product itself. For those folks who are driving or working out right now, can can you describe to us what the actual sensor looks like and how it's installed, all of that? Yeah, I'm happy to. So uh, the, the sensor itself is, it's um, about the size of an Oreo cookie. That's kind of the best... Uh, the best uh, comparison I've been able to come up with. Um, it's a it's a white circular sensor, you know, very you know, kind of clean, elegant looking sensor. We try to make it look great, so you could put it up in your home and almost not notice it. But if you do, it it it's you know not a detractor. It's not this big ugly device. Um, powered by two AAA batteries, so you know the the size of it is about the width of those two AAA batteries. And uh, you can twist the cover off and replace those batteries. Very easy to replace. About 18-month battery life on a front door, three years near a water heater, um, depending on you know how often okay. it gets activated. And then the install, really, um, our mobile app walks you through the installation process. The physical installation is you peel an adhesive, 
off the back of a sensor and stick it on a door or you stick it near a toilet. And then basically all that we're asking for in the app is where the sensor is located and then what kind of customizations you want for the alerting. So, you know, do you want your front door to tell you about the temperature of the entryway or not? You can kind of turn that on or off based on if you're home and away, time of day, those kinds of things. But we've really made it simple for people to install. And I think, you know, one thing that we kind of hate is when people say that consumers are dumb. I think consumers are scared of technology. Mm -hmm. They think they're going to mess it up. And so what we focused a lot on is just that first 15 minutes of engagement with Notion to, to give you the, the comfort that you've installed it well and to kind of build that trust with you. And so over time, as you interact with our app, somewhere around eight to 12 times a day with the different alerts we send you, when that serious one happens, the water leak, the fire alarm, et cetera, you take it very seriously and you've come to sort of trust the information that we send you. So, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time on that piece of it. And I think what's been interesting for us is that going through insurance companies and working with insurance companies to reach customers, we are reaching a very broad set of customers. A lot of folks in this IoT space are reaching early adopters who right. have a lot more comfortability with Wi-Fi settings and right. troubleshooting and all of that stuff. And we're reaching the mass market far ahead of a lot of the other folks that are in the IoT space. And so we're we're dealing with a very different group of customers that are not necessarily comfortable or informed about how to really, you know, kind of use this stuff well. So we've had to, I think it's made us better. So it's not for the geek necessarily. It's, yeah, look, I, it's a powerful tool for somebody that wants that. We have an IFT integration, um, you know, we're, we're doing things on the sort of the front end on the early adopter side too, but the, a lot of who we're focused on are folks that, that maybe have a voice assistant because they got it, you know, for Christmas or something but don't really have this house full of products yet. And so we've really focused on the ease of use and on the purposefulness of, you know, this broad offering of, you know, this kind of smart home security system that can allow you and empower you to do much, much more than that. That I, I love all that. And I was looking on your website and I see that Nest is somebody that, that you integrate with. Talk, talk to me a little bit about the data. What, what, what can we get uh, out of this as a consumer? How, how would I use this data? Yeah, so the, the most basic um, form of this, right, is push notifications coming through your mobile app. So you, you set Notion up, you put a sensor on your front door, and every time that door opens or customized based on when you want the alerts, but every time that door opens, you get notified that the door opened. That's kind of the, the simplest okay. use case to provide you. Now that extends to... Other places you put a sensor for, you know, kind of those motion events, like I mentioned, kind of the gun safe liquor cabinet. Some people are are um, doing some monitoring of elderly parents in a passive way, putting one on a, a bedroom door to okay. know when they've woken up in the morning, right? And and they don't, you know, the elderly parent, if you will, doesn't have to like wear the pendant and they get to keep, you know, some of the sort of the privacy, if you will. Um, that's kind of an interesting way to interpret data from a door opening. So I think one of the things that I use that word empowering, we want to empower you to interpret data from your property the way you need to, right? So home has been our primary focus. We are launching in a number of, uh, with, with insurance companies and a number of small businesses at this point as well. And so I think when you think about a door opening, that could be a break-in, that could be your daughter coming home from school, 
that could be that elderly parent uh, up and moving around. It just depends on how you want to interpret it, and, and you can set it up that way. Temperature fluctuations, meaning high and low temperature, and then tracking temperature over time. Water leak alerts. These are all things that are we're capable of. So with with the temperature, with the temperature, would that be how it how it tracks fire, or does it actually track smoke as well? So what we're doing, interestingly, we took that initial smoke alarm concept that I talked about, and we're actually hearing smoke alarms and mm-hmm. CO alarms sounding. Uh, we're doing sound recognition in a passive way. I'm not recording your conversation. Um, we're doing. Oh, we're okay. actually recognizing. To be a little bit technical, we're actually recognizing percussive sounds. So we're we have data models that recognize certain sound profiles. The profiling we could do from a sound recognition standpoint can be expanded beyond smoke alarms. Um, things that we're thinking about doing in the future could include things like dogs barking, babies crying. There's a party upstairs. You know, different types of sound profiles that we can create. But today, that's how we're doing that piece. Temperature really is more about, from you know, a risk perspective, if you will, of uh, frozen pipes. If if it starts to be 50 degrees in your house, that's not normal, right? Right. Go fix that. Go figure that out before your pipe actually breaks. Same thing with um, with heat on the other side. If it's too hot, you might have an HVAC problem. You may have a pet at home or something like that that you might want to you know want to go home for. Where I think this ultimately goes, and we can get into this a little bit, like where where we're taking notion is kind of complete home risk reduction. Home risk reduction. Right. And so like we, we do make a device. Some people look at us and say that's a hardware company. Yeah. So kind of complete property reduction. So we, we kind of have this paradigm where we're talking about, can we prevent something from happening in the first place? If we can't do that, can we identify and act on right. it very quickly? If we can't do that, then let's mitigate it. And insurance really is at the bottom of that stack. So can we help you not use insurance (laughs) in kind of a strange way, right? Can we really change the definition of just what insurance even is in the first place? Yeah. And so on the prevention side, like we we announced that we're piloting with a a new startup called Shelter um, on the preventative maintenance side. Um, We already have an integration with HomeAdvisor in the app today, where if you have a water leak, you can click a button and do an instant plumber connect. We were the first company to do that. And so you can quickly get dispatch of service you know, four serious events that happen in your home. Okay. So we're really taking, you know, kind of this this idea to to another level. And, and uh, you know, I think that's kind of where you'll see Notion go in the future in a big way. I like that. Before we move into a couple other topics that we want to talk about, whenever we talk about insurance, you brought up uh, temperature and freezing pipes. I would imagine that a lot of times the uh, the home temperature drops because the power goes out. I understand that your device works on AAA batteries, but may not be able to be transmitted to my smartphone because the Wi-Fi is out. Will the will the sensor still be tracking the the temperature and everything that it tracks, even without Wi-Fi? Uh, it it will um, queue up that data today. That's how our system would work. Uh, without Wi-Fi, the data okay. would not be able to um, you know be sent outside of the home until the power comes back on and then we can collect and, and receive and send all of the information that was sort of missed during a power outage you know pow- okay. power so it, so it does it does queue it up it does queue it up uh, we also make sure we are are able to tell people if a system is down um, or if a specific sensor is down uh, you know just that sort of system health aspect of this Um. We have some things in, in prototype phase right now that would be able to sort of uh, 
surpass or prevent, you know, uh, missing information during a power outage. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, the, some of that kind of stuff is is definitely important. And I think um, some of the freezing pipe or, or, you know, too hot, too cold kind of stuff does also comes with HVAC issues. And so, uh, you know, we've been Correct. looking at, at, at a lot of those kinds of aspects too. Let me ask you some questions about marketing. Um, different, uh, some of the other devices in your space, in the IoT home space, you know, they're going after different uh, channels. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's your guys' marketing? Uh, what, what, what's your main channel? And, and, and is this direct to consumer? What, what, how are you going about that? Yeah, so our, our main channel really has been with insurance partners and we also sell on our website and on Amazon. Um, but our main focus, given the connectivity with home risk and insurance companies has been to distribute and basically co-market and co-brand with, uh, with our insurance partners. Um, that's kind of the short answer. I'm happy to go into details on that front, but you know, with, with the impacts that we can have on insurer acquisition and, and agent acquisition, by helping differentiate during the sales process, but but also through the data we're reporting, we're actually doing some pretty interesting things on the pricing side. There's some special filings that we're a part of that go beyond fire and mm-hmm. theft discounting that we're, we're really fully integrating into the insurance product. Um, and I think that the, the benefits around both kind of home security plus, you know, a new type of insurance offering are really being seen by a lot of consumers. One of the the interesting data points to relate home security to all of this is only about 20% of homes in the U.S. have a home security system. So there's this huge green field of homes that have no right. monitoring for anything. Maybe, maybe a smoke alarm. And, you know, I think a lot of, well, <laughs> yeah. hopefully smoke alarms. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. But but um, but yeah, there's just there's just this big opportunity to continue to help people protect their properties that um, that we see as uh, you know insurance being that powerful channel and and I think it just uh, it's it's going to be a fun journey utilizing some of the data and those aspects going forward too. But that's the that's the majority of our business today, and and we're looking outside of that, but home and small business. So do you um, can you give us an example? You can mention companies or not, but uh, there's several mentioned on your sure. website of of how that proposition would work with an insurance company, how that marketing proposition would flow. Yeah. So, you know, I think one of, one of the exciting partnerships that we have obviously generating a lot of buzz and excitement, uh, you know, as of late is Hippo, um, a newer insure tech out of California kind of making some waves in the home insurance space. And they have a huge belief in pairing technology and new data sets with their insurance product. And so they really just built the company um, and built their capabilities around a lot of this technology. So in that, in that situation, you know, every new HIPPO policy that's sold, Notion is a part oh, of. Wow. And we actually send out a co-branded kit to every new policyholder along with the policy book. So you get smart home insurance that is Notion plus wow. HIPPO. Um, and uh, and then that piece of it, th- this is one of the partners where we then also, you know, kind of integrate to a, a regulatory level where there's some really good pricing advantages. And you know, I think it just it just creates a different experience. Right. It's it, it becomes a, the insurance kind of becomes tangible. It becomes then a daily reminder of your insurance company. Um, and it really sets up Hippo to actually 
be an insurance company you really want to mm-hmm. partner with rather than one you have to partner with. Um, so that's a, a really fun representation of kind of the, the level of integration we have from a marketing perspective and then an operational perspective to actually ship these out, make sure they get installed. Like that's a huge kind of behind the scenes piece that I think a lot of folks in the industry are like, oh yeah, we'll just send a bunch of sensors. <laughs> right, right. That's um, one of the that's one of the struggles yeah. I know that that many companies have. It's not hard to get them the de- to sending them the device is one hundred percent the easy part. Yep. The hard part is making sure that it's that it's implemented. You know, I think th- that prompts kind of an interesting point that I've made a few times recently on panels and other areas that that I've spoken at is I think a lot of conversation we have with insurance companies around water. Right. They, they want to reduce water leak claims and most consumers don't really care. A lot of consumers don't have water issues. If you've had one before, it's probably pretty acute pain point. But our experience has been when we go and message and market, you know, a water focused program, the opt in rates and the install rates are are much, much lower than when we actually go and market something the consumer wants. We have a lot of conversations with carriers and other insurance partners. They remember what the consumer wants, right? Like we want to help you as the insurance partner, but in order to do that, we have to make sure that we give the end user something they're going to want to use every day that they care about that has a high NPS score. We really look at our platform as providing somebody that smart home security system that's basic security, but then much more than that, And we kind of Trojan horse water leak sensors into the home. Um, So, Uh yeah. Right. Uh You know, I I like that a lot. I I love that. If, you know, whenever I'm looking to buy a device, I'm looking for the data. I'm a data guy. I want to know, is my home safe? If it can also tell me if the water is leaking, that's a perk. Um, But for sure, if I can tell at any time, if my temperature is high or my door is open, I want that. So I think that's a great marketing strategy. That's, that's a really important insight. Like we had uh, Gabe Halimi, who I'm sure you know from Flow On. Yep. And um, which is a which is a terrific product. And um, uh, but I think you you hit on an important point. What 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 is motivating to the customer, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself as an insured sitting in my house. What you know? What matters to me? Uh, you know, is, is, is my wife safe while I'm on the road? That's something that's paramount. Yeah. Um, right. I get, I get, as opposed to, is my water heater leaking, which almost never, ever happens. So, right. well, yeah. And, and we all know, you know, water is when it does, it's terrible, but like, it, it, like people don't die from a water leak at home right? For the most part. <laughs> right. And so I think it's, it's just a broader combination. Right. We, we just look right. at, right. I kind of mentioned this before, we look at kind of the whole home risk profile and there are certain mm-hmm. things that, you know, preventive maintenance can do that have nothing to do with what our notion sensors can detect, but that are important for you from a home management perspective that, you know, we, we should bundle this all together and this is what home security should ultimately become. This is what insurance should ultimately become in our minds. It shouldn't just be kind of that financial backing to your your asset in case something goes wrong. We should stop the thing from going wrong in the first place through education and through prevention. And then from there, we should be able to alert you about real time things that are happening to change behavior, whether that's you going home, whether that's prompting flow to shut off, mm-hmm. right? Like, 
integrations with shutoff valves and Notion make a ton of sense, right? We're working with some of those totally. companies right now on integrations because mm -hmm. those products are fantastic. And yes, there's install issues and there's an expense difference there, but like they, you know, they, they solve a lot of issues. We also reduce claims, but on, on a different level. And I think, can Notion become the first smart home product in your home, given what I said before about how we're getting to market, getting in front of people and bring in some of these other things, whether they're other products or services? Can we bring in a flow? Can we bring in preventive maintenance that maybe you wouldn't have signed up for individually? Maybe there's kind of a reverse channel aspect to really building out that safer home. And I think even better, can we recommend to you specifically that you need flow or that you need these certain types of preventative maintenance, but not these other certain mm. types, given how you wow. use your home and given the, the, the risk profile of your home, mm -hmm. right? Like the customization of the offering and mm. the customization of the insurance product beyond that should come together. Uh, ultimately. Very exciting. I mean, um, so you kind of see yourself as the center point um, of maybe a bunch of different IOT um, offerings inside of the home, right? Um, the coordinator, the coordinator of sorts. I think it could, I, I think we could end up being something like that. And I, I, I think it's tough to know where this whole IOT space ultimately goes. Yes, sir. That's true. You know, and, and, and what gets into homes first and second and third. Um, I think as it relates to really focusing on risk overall, uh, I think we're a great, you know, sort of catalyst for bringing education and bringing products into the home that, uh, will have a big impact there. Some of it will be the other way. We will maybe piggyback on, you know, um, other people that get in first. I, I don't want to, we kind of don't really care, right? I think there's, there's a lot of great products and services out there. And I think they just, they, there needs to be a consolidation of some of those things into to better offerings that people can kind of say, yes, I want to reduce my risk, but I don't have to know the 50 things and I kind of want somebody to come in and just do it for me. Like to, to us, that's what home automation really needs to become. Right. It's automation of services. Right. It's automation of risk reduction. That that's, kind of and that's one of the problems I think that exists across the insure tech landscape today is um, there's tons and tons and tons of solutions, but how hard is it to make them all work together and to be coordinated? And I, I think that's going to lead to a lot where a lot of the winners and losers come is the ease of use with your entire profile of of products that you're that you're using right and we certainly see that on the claim side and you know all the different technologies that are coming into to, to claims work um but uh mm -hmm. but we, we want to kind of turn a corner here and talk for a minute about um something that's unique about you and your company, and that is your involvement with accelerators. And um, that's something that we've um, talked a lot about on our on our podcast because accelerators are a really important part of the um, insure tech and startup ecosystem. So um, if I understand correctly, you guys have been involved with three of them. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we like to collect them. Not just one, not just two. Yeah, we um, and and I think the term accelerator, right? There, they they can be very different, and we've used them for different purposes. So, the first one we were in was TechStars. It's a very immersive program. 
you you know it's it's all day every day into the late evening for you know three straight months you you know you live at TechStars you go through it it's very much an immersive program um, then that was that was kind of our launching point I think a big reason we wanted to do it is we we had good experiences previously but not necessarily in kind of some of the tech spaces that we wanted and we really wanted to expand our network and expand our kind of mentor network and that's one of TechStars you know kind of highlights, if you will, or selling points is it's so mentor driven, it really brings together an amazing group of people to sort of help launch companies. And we did it when we were, you know, four people. Going forward, we got the opportunity to meet with Metaprop out of New York. And as we were testing different go-to-market strategies, Metaprop was starting up. We were there in their very first class. They have incredible networks into just real estate broadly. And so as we thought about multifamily, small commercial, residential, they had contacts kind of across the real estate landscape. And again, it was an effort to meet with and be around people that really, really knew real estate. That's not my background or my co-founder's background. And to really get a good understanding and be able to pilot in many, many different spaces, many types of real estate very quickly. So that's kind of how we utilized Metaprop. It was a less immersive program but with a very kind of niche and specific network we wanted better access to. And then the third one uh, was Plug and Play. And uh, Plug and Play out of California has, you know, I would say yet even a different model. They bring a lot of, you know, kind of big potential partners to the table that we felt like we could quickly get access to by being a part of Plug and Play that we maybe and probably could have found our way to but this gave us an ability to meet with tons of different potential partners very, very quickly, which is a big part of their model is introducing, you know, big companies to startups and and kind of playing that matchmaker. So we had clear intentions about why each of these different Mm -hmm. programs would make sense for us at the time that we did them. Um, And I think when people hear you've done three, it's like, well, why would you do three? They're all the same, right? Well, they're very different. Each, each accelerator has, has very different and unique, uh, you know, capabilities. And, and we just found that these three at the time that we did them were, were very different and very helpful for us. Talk about Techstars for a minute. We've, uh, we've spoken with Ali Savavi from Plug and Play um, and with some, uh, Joe, Joe Kurgis from Generator, among others. Um, but we've, mm-hmm. we, we don't have that much background with Techstars, although we know it's very prominent. Can you and I know that you guys are big supporters of that, and they're in your hometown as well, right? So can you get, share with us some information and your feedback on Techstars? Yeah, so um, I guess a little bit of information, you know, founded in, in Boulder, uh, Colorado, just up the road here from Denver, um, and, you know, founded by some entrepreneurs that um, were, were really trying to figure out a way to, you know, kind of help companies get out of that launch phase. And it's, I think their experiences early on were, um, were ones in which it was hard to network to tons of different people quickly and to really learn quickly. If you're a young founder or even an experienced founder to kind of get quick help and to get kind of that immersive um, intense help that you you need early on is, is tough to do. And so I think what, what I've seen them do a really nice job of is bringing companies in and uh, it it is kind of a, 
crash course, I don't want to say crash course in a negative way, but you, you do really get this experience that is is kind of an undescribable way to launch a business. Um, and it, it hyper accelerated our ability to understand what we were doing and to get great feedback and to expand our network in a, in a major way. And I still have very close mentor relationships and relationships with tech stars to this day. Um, and I think what also we experience, given how big Techstars has become, is that expanded network of other CEOs and entrepreneurs has become, um, you know, a, an amazing resource, right? I could call up 15 CEOs right now, different size companies, different stages, and we just kind of have that camaraderie through Techstars that gives me the ability to make other connections, to find out information quickly, learn from their mistakes and successes. And I think that's a big piece that's overlooked as the broader network. So too. important. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of entrepreneurship is, is kind of who you know, but it's kind of getting really good information. And so I think that's just a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Another thing that's interesting about Techstars that's different from kind of the, the Y Combinators of the world is what you've seen them do over the last three or four years is they they've they've really expanded the number of programs that they have and they've done very focused programs with very specific uh, you know, corporate sponsors. So I'm a, a mentor for one of their programs now. Um, I was last year. I will be again this year. MetLife sponsors a program out of North Carolina that's specifically focused on insure tech startups. And so they've taken it kind of a, a next level step to not just have kind of broad technology groups put together. But they said, all right, we're going to we're going to really focus these insure tech startups and surround them with a bunch of insurance people and mm -hmm. and really try and help them get off the ground in a much more focused way and they, they've done that in many different industries at this point but um that's one of the big differentiators from a, a from their perspective and then they have a, a big venture fund too right so they they've really tried to look right. at this thing kind of holistically uh-huh now um i i assume you guys are venture funded we are yep okay um so uh, one last thing I want to touch on with you before we let you go, and that is most of the people we talk to, they're, they're SaaS businesses um, or, you know, providing some kind of service or software uh, to, to the insurance industry, but you're a little different. You're a hardware company. That must be a whole different set of problems and issues. Is that right? Uh it it is correct. <laughs> um, I guess you know what's in. I would say we're both. He right? says hesitantly. Yeah. Well, look. So we um, we do provide data and analytics to our insurance partners as well, um, and we are you know kind of pushing down this services path from the consumer standpoint. So you know, we do have um, we do have a, a unique business model. We do make a piece of hardware. I think when when I think of the, the phrase, you know, you're a hardware company, a lot of at least investors look at that, you know, kind of negatively. The hardware for us right. allows us to provide the user experience. It allows us to provide the services that we provide. Mm -hmm. It allows us to provide the data and analytics, right? And I think that mm -hmm. that's the reason we built the device. If we were able to find something off the shelf that we thought could provide that setup and data collection experience that we needed, we probably would have bought it off the shelf because for us, it wasn't hey, we should be a hardware company. What could we do if we built hardware? It was, how can we help uh -huh. people protect their home? And we went from there, right? And and I think that that mission that we have really represents um, why we have a hardware component today. We have a good reason for it. And, you know, 
who knows what the next five years looks like um, as, as hardware becomes more prominent in the home. But that's kind of how we view, you know, our business model. It is kind of multifaceted, but I think it helps us to bring it all uh, together under one roof right now. And, and we do have, um, you know, a different set of issues in a lot of ways, right? We have a head of ops that uh, really deals with manufacturing and logistics and tooling and is in China and is in Taiwan, is in Mexico. That doesn't happen with a SaaS company, you know, typically, right? And right. so it is it is a different right. kind of skill set that we have internally here that um, that I think has allowed us to provide that experience and that data analytics set in a different way, just because we understand kind of the full stack better. Well, just um, you you touched on roadmap. Can you share anything about your about your roadmap for the next uh, what what we have to look forward to next from your very interesting and innovative company? Yeah, so you know, on the product kind of physical product side, we we did just launch our third generation device um, uh, a few weeks ago, dramatically enhanced uh, battery life and also range. Um, so the, the range and kind of the coverage that we have to monitor a space is, is very large now. Um, that helps in kind of mid to larger size homes, but it definitely also helps as we look at more kind of commercial opportunities as well. So those are some of the big enhancements and improvements there. In terms of hardware, we, we really don't foresee the need, uh, at least right now, um, for many other hardware products. There's a lot of other integrations that we're really excited about and interested in. Like I mentioned, we're looking at and have already started work on some integrations with uh, shutoff and flow type devices that are out there. We think that makes a lot of sense. You know, we, we have that prevent, identify, act and mitigate kind of paradigm that we really base our roadmap on. And so I mentioned that, you know, with Shelter, we have launched um, uh, on, on testing out kind of how we interact with preventive maintenance, home advisor on the services side. So services that we will be providing in the future have to do with prevention. It also, um, in this category, we are also going to be playing in kind of the action category, meaning the dispatch of, of other types of services is coming up soon uh, right. for us. Um, and And then ultimately, how can we uh, how can we mitigate better? That's some of the home advisor stuff that I talked about. So much more sort of service focused product and partner integration focused on the kind of on the consumer side. Um, and then on, you know, a continuation of, of enhancing our data analytics capabilities, um, you know, kind of more on the B2B partnership side on the, on the back end of all of this is a lot of the work that we're putting in right now as well. Well, maybe um, in the future, you'll just dispatch a claim right to us <laughs> for us to take care of um, if it should happen in a house. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that some of your insurance carrier people are already contemplating how can we take this data and make it make it actionable for ourselves? Totally. I mean, look, I, there's a lot of correlation here to the auto telematics space, right? Um, right. Uh-huh much harder to do because the consistency of data and the data points that we're all looking for for claims and underwriting aren't completely known yet would love to dispatch a claim would love to have an automatic payment of a claim would love to mm-hmm. have the plumber come fix the water leak before a claim has to even happen 
right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot sure. before even that, that we get there that we've touched on, but there's a lot of exciting things we can do once people are ready for real-time data and analytics. I think we're we're ready for it and are doing it. It's just not cool. something that most carriers are able to really ingest at this point, right? So that's kind of our our push with them in a big way, amongst other things. But that's a big yeah. one. And ne- ne- and next time we get together, and we'd love to we'd love to talk with you some more. But we're coming up on the end of our time. Um, you know, we'd like to talk about you know working with carriers, working in our space because because as as a company that provides services to carriers, we understand. Um, it's very different than working with technology companies who want to move fast and yep. do things now, as opposed to, as I'm sure you've learned, working with carriers, we want to move fast and do things now in 2021. Yeah. So, uh, you know, today means 19 months from now, but, um, uh, but we'll talk about that next time. We have a notion that we'll be talking again. Huh? Huh? That was good. That Yo, was nice. I got it. You got it. You got it. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. <laughs> good job. Awesome. Well, listen, we we are so appreciative to you, and, and you we so didn't even much. tell the story. I I met Brett for like one second at a plug and play event, and he was super generous and kind to even talk to this crazy old guy, and uh, and even even more generous to be on our show. We really appreciate your time. Thanks. Hey, thank you guys. It was a pleasure. Um, We'd love to come back on and uh, really appreciate it. Okay, you got it. You know, sometimes we have people on the show uh, and I'm not exactly sure where it's going to go or how impressed I'm going to be, but I really like this idea. I was was very impressed by it. How, How about you? Yeah, I loved it. I, I had done some research before the podcast, of course, and it, it was very interesting. I, I like I like how they came up with the idea, uh, but I really love their play on data and everything that everything you can do with it. But he was a, a delight to, to visit with. Yeah. And uh, what an I mean, what an interesting idea. Like he said uh, at one point. You know, who knows where this whole IoT for the home thing is going? Yeah. Good good point. I certainly don't. I mean, we have we have some guesses, but who knows how it's all gonna play out. But to try to position yourself in the middle of it seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah. Pretty good idea. I also liked how they have gone to three accelerators. Um, because they said they needed to be well-rounded. They needed to get into a couple of different areas and learn everything they could about the real estate or the insurance side or IoT. I think that really speaks volumes for the founders and the leaders of the company that they're willing to go get educated in all these different areas so they can do the best possible device Mm -hmm. uh, and software and hardware. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that... um they have a notion of the future. Huh? I, I would, I, huh? I, I would agree with that. Rob. Would you? Great, great play on words. You think so? Uh-huh. Yeah. What, what about their, what about their relationship with hippo? I thought that was uh-huh. neat about the, uh, uh, smart home insurance, you know, with, with notion plus hippo. I thought that was a really good play kind of packaging up a deal uh, where you get insurance and the smart home to help prevent your 
your claims, which would ultimately improve the insurance. And and also uh, a very simple kind of way to make sure it gets in, installed is we'll give you a discount. I, I don't know how much that may be if you install it. <laughs> so, I mean, with that in mind, when it's fresh, somebody has a new policy, why wouldn't you do that? And so now you have an, an installed alarm system for various uh, problems or issues. Um, I mean, yes, that, that, that's speaking of install, speaking of install, it is a simple product to install. I was actually getting dressed this morning in my closet and I looked up on the shelf and I have a water, uh, a, a, a water device that will tell me if my water's leaking that I have not installed yet because it's a little bit difficult and I just haven't found the time to do uh -huh. it. This is a pill and stick. This is a, you put it on the door, you put it on the floor, you put it on the garage door, and uh, then you work in an app and get it all together. I believe online it says less than 15 minutes, but there's no cutting. Uh, there's no uh, maneuvering around. It's just, you put it where it needs to be. Uh, so I think that, I think uh -huh. that's great. Uh -huh. And it actually, it's interesting that it monitors your monitors. That was really neat. I, I didn't realize that how it worked. I thought there was actually a smoke detector in it, but it monitors your monitors. That was neat. Uh-huh. And and really, really with the future of that, I think you like he said, a baby crying, a party upstairs. You know, if I own an Airbnb uh, and you know, I need to monitor uh, not only is the smoke alarm going, but is there glass breakage or mm -hmm. something like that? I, uh -huh. I don't know. Yeah. I, I it's uh you know, sometimes it seems like with some of these products and services that the, the, you know, well, it happens, it seems to happen with all of them that the more you dig, right. The, the vaster, the op, vaster, the, the more vast sure. the opportunities and uh, ideas are that, that come along. But yeah, my brain was spinning with uh -huh. all the ideas, but I like how they're focusing on the mm -hmm. one device. And what the one device can do, because even whenever me and you started talking, we thought it was numerous devices uh, at our, the beginning of our conversation, but it's uh, just one device. Yeah. In fact, uh, I'm on Amazon right now, and it says uh, Notion Smart Home Monitoring, Motion Monitors Doors, Windows, Water Leaks, Sounding Alarms. Um, really interesting. I, I, I think that I'm going to grab one. What do you think? I plan to buy, I actually have an Amazon gift card. I plan to spend tonight on it. I'm, I'm very excited. I've already sent it off to a bunch of different people. Uh, so yeah, we appreciate yeah, him. We're very grateful today, to Brett Jurgens of Notion. And uh, as we talked on the episode, we hope he, we, we can have him on again and talk about even more stuff and things and shared experience. And uh, good to get an intro to Techstars. And um, we... Uh, thank all of you for listening. The best way that you can support us is to subscribe to our podcast, which uh, we have no advertising for. Just your, just your interest is, uh, is what's important to us. And we thank, of course, 470 Claims for being our sponsor, employer, and a m bunch of other stuff too. And provider of barbecue. Am I missing anything there, Lee? <laughs> no, I, I, I think, think I hit I think it on all of it, yeah. Um, um, anyway, uh, until next time, uh, what do we say when we're done, Lee? Bye, everybody.